Hello, welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja. And today on a slightly risque topic, it's not about education. It's about possibilities of a future in South Asia. So you all know I'm from Pakistan. I have friends from India, from Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, from all over the region. And so many times in my public talks, I have talked about the role of intellectuals, especially public intellectuals, which I consider myself not too intellectual, but at least a public scholar, that our role, one of our roles is to imagine a world beyond what it is today. And not necessarily coming up with new ideas, but to invoke a kind of past which is often forgotten or overwritten by national narratives and narratives of belligerence and enmity. And nowhere in the world is this more pertinent than in South Asia, especially between India and Pakistan. Both sides over the years have developed both political and intellectual narratives that are exclusionary, right? That want to demonize the other. And it's so easy, actually in psychological terms, to play with the people's fears. It makes good politics. You tell people to be afraid of someone else, and then you can manipulate them. It's also easier to indoctrinate people into a chauvinistic kind of nationalism that always excludes a so-called other. And it's really pertinent between India and Pakistan because it's not just done in the political domain, it's in the textbooks and how history books are revised, how people are labeled and treated. So I was thinking about these things one day and I asked myself, you know, what could be my role? as a public scholar. It's not like a lot of people listen to me, but that what is it that I owe to myself and to the world in which I live and breathe? And obviously the ideas that came to me, one of them was that maybe I should start working towards imagining a world in which India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and all the other countries in the region can think of a future where they come together if not as a loose alliance of nation states, that's possible. But beyond that, to come together as a confederacy, you know, of these powerful nations. Think about it. Between India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, we are talking about more than 1.5 billion people and resources of three nations. Also, people and nations whose histories are intertwined, whose cultures overlap each other. You can't go anywhere in Pakistan without listening to Lata, right? Or Mukesh, or any, any other greats of Indian music. Similarly, you know, whenever Pakistani singers sang in India, when Noor Jahan went and visited before her, uh, that she was received, you know, like a queen, 
Ainded Nusrat Fateh Ali. So there is this undercurrent in every culture in the region, Pakistan, Bangladesh, India, where people, when they meet each other, unless they have been indoctrinated into a kind of chauvinistic nationalism, they come together, they talk, their jokes are similar, right? Their songs are similar. They have so much in common to build on, right? So the narratives of exclusion are always meant to differentiate amongst groups, to create separate group identity. They played a role during the freedom struggle. Now, there are quite a few scholars who would teach you and who have taught me is that in any given society, in every, any given culture, there are always objective differences, different religions, different classes, different cultures, and people by and large live with those differences and live in peace until those differences are subjectivized and become part of our politics. So objective differences when subjectivized and politicized then become the lines that we draw, right? The moats that we dig around our communities to protect ourselves from others. And then if you look at it over the last 70 years, both India and Pakistan especially, but also Bangladesh in opposition to Pakistan have then developed further narratives of the other. Now, of course, there are historical facts behind these things, but the power is in narratives, in the stories that we tell of the other. So, my hope is that by foregrounding different kinds of stories, stories of love and kindness that one community showed to the others, and there are thousands upon thousands of such stories. And by constantly foregrounding our collective peaceful experiences, right? Maybe we can forge a way of thinking where we are no longer about chauvinistic national identities or religious identities, but rather about collective identities. It seems like an impossible task, right? Well, it is. It takes courage. But if we don't imagine it, we, the scholars, the poets, the writers, who else is going to do that? So that's why this is kind of my first salvo on this topic to commit to working towards a South Asia where we come back together, maybe. Think of each other as allies and friends and neighbors and not as enemies. Write about those experiences. Talk about those experiences. For me, I think the next book that I'm planning is going to be a historical retrieval of such instances of love for the other amongst the community. And, and a hope to articulate maybe a different kind of future. That's my commitment beyond, you know, these everyday conversations and treating people from wherever they are, you know, with decency and kindness and as equals. 
So that's what I wanted to share today. I know it's not one of my educational videos, but it's kind of my commitment to my future work and also my responsibility to this world and the part of the world where, you know, my heart lies, South Asia, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, the Himalayas, all those regions of the world. So let's work together and share your ideas, whatever you have in mind, whatever that strengthens this, you know, kind of an aspirational and hopeful trajectory that I would be, I'm on and I would like to continue working on. That's it. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Take care of each other. And as always, from me to you, peace and love.